When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, next season, I could possibly see them be a, uh, uh, getting in the playoffs and not in the play-in. I could see them being a top six team in the, in the Western Conference, especially with Anthony Edwards. He's going to get better. Carl Anthony Towns is one of the best bigs in the game today. And we all know that D-Lo is a walking bucket. They have a miniature big three. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Happy opening home opener day, boys. Happy reckless speculation Thursday to all who celebrate. And happy uh, new camera angle for Judd Zolgad Day here on the Score North YouTube channel. <laughs> I gotta, low low well, angles, better than high angles. <laughs> no, they're bad. My double chin will, will show. Beard, I can't. No, I, can never sh- I can never shave my beard now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to lose weight. We should make. You know what we should do? We should make Doogie like he, when he goes on uh, KSTP TV. We should make Doogie wear the tie on our YouTube channel just to just <laughs> oh. to, just to class it up. I am not a tie guy at all. I need to throw one on today. I'll be over at Target Field doing some stuff for the 6 o'clock news after the Twins home opener. The weather looks like it'll be okay. So I think we'll get some baseball in. But I am not a tie guy at all. I'm anchoring this weekend. Chris Long, our good buddy, has boys and girls state basketball tournament coverage. I hate it. I can't stand it. If I could go tieless the rest of my life, I would happily do so. My favorite is when uh, – so so Chris, when, when when we had more of a radio schedule back in the day, and he'd come in, you know, he'd do the TV thing, and then he'd come in, and he'd always loosen the tie just a little bit for radio. <laughs> just a little bit. Like, wouldn't take the tie off, but That's just, like, awesome. loosen the tie the just look. a little bit. Yeah. Just, just, we're, we're going casual. He's it's got the look here. down. <laughs> Everybody's got their quirks, right? You ever watch Real Sports on HBO? Brian Gumble always does this with the glasses. <laughs> This doesn't really work for those. Yeah, it really doesn't work for those who are just listening to this podcast. But for those watching on YouTube, he's always, you know, kind of. It's always yeah. Shoe on the glasses. Yeah, when Judd's about to, when Judd's about to make a real, like he's got a take that he's going to drop. The glasses, the glasses come off. Always, Mm -hmm. they come (laughs) off. But I, but I'm not quizzical like Bryant is. I'm angry, so my glasses fly (laughs) off. They throws them off the wall. Grabs another face right off my nose. You should be happy, not angry. You were at the X last night, right? You didn't have to watch that Wolves debacle. I saw the final score, ABA. Yeah, like let's actually let's 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 start there here. Uh, by the way, reckless speculation Thursday presented by our friends at Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com. So Dennis Kirk, 
offers 160,000 parts and accessories. If you like to ride, whether it's motorcycles, Harleys, sport bikes, cruisers, you name it, DennisKirk.com. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Shipping is free on orders over $89, the best in the business. DennisKirk.com, everything you need for your ride. Reckless speculation. So another valiant effort by uh, Judd has been calling the wild the furious rallies over the last several years. The Timberwolves have a propensity for falling down by 20 plus and then making Dave Benz excited in the second half that they've cut it to five it's or whatever. six. And then, and then losing They're anyway. within six. And so last night they, uh, they lost 141 to 137 to the Pacers. <laughs> and I'll say like... Uh, Cat and Cat and Aunt Edwards continued to stuff the box score. D'Lo had a five for fifteen night. But first question for Doogie here, which you can find the Scoop Podcast, Apple, Spotify, Scornorth.com, Doogie, uh, twice a week on Mackie and Judd. Inside information about your favorite local sports teams. Now that the big three, so to speak, is here, you got Aunt D'Lo and and you got Cat. Um, what what are you hearing sort of behind the scenes about what the Wolves would like to accomplish in the next 30 days or so until the regular season ends, Dukes? Just to figure out if those three can fully coexist. Now, I don't think any, like, big-time decisions will, will be reached here over the next, you know, 20 to 25 games, whatever it is here, to wrap up the regular season. Like, for example, you know, who was the guy from Indianapolis? Evan something they put on Twitter that, that what Russell and and Cat could be on the trade block this summer. Like I don't foresee a scenario. That's Evan. That's, Ma- Ev- that's Evan Massey. Put, put, put some, some respect, respect on, on his name. name. All right. Yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> they're going to run this thing back through next year with with these three. With Jaden McDaniel's continuing to get better and better. We'll see what takes place on June twenty second, lottery night. If if they can hit on on what appears to be a forty percent chance, because the Wolves can still win. A few games. Like I still I still get a bunch of questions on my Twitter feed that, that people and, and I get it. I mean, if they've tuned out, I understand. So they may not be paying attention to all the rules, but the rules state like you can finish with the third worst record, you still have the same lottery odds as the team with the worst record. So if you look at the NBA standings right now, the Wolves can win four more games. They would still be the third worst team in the NBA. Houston is right above them, right? Houston won last night. Houston will still win a game or two. Detroit is going to win a game or two. If you look at the fourth and fifth worst teams in the league, you've got Orlando and Washington. They're going to win a game or two. My point is the Wolves can win a few games here. They still will have that 40% chance. But last time I checked, what, 60% chance that the pick ends up in Golden State's hands. But if they can somehow end up with, with a top three pick asset, whether they keep that pick, select a future star or somebody that has a chance to be a future star at the top of this draft is is fantastic or they package that pick with Rubio you know Rubio's expiring contract heading into next year and bring back some big timer you know that that would that would obviously that that would help a ton but otherwise you're going to see some staff changes like David Vanterpool has an option on his contract for next year the Wolves are not exercising that option you know, don't forget that was that was Gerson's hire. That wasn't Ryan Saunders' hire. That was all Gerson. Gerson helped shape Ryan's staff, and and David came in, and David is supposed to be this team's defensive coordinator. I mean, last night when you score eighty-one points and a half, when you get to the free throw line over forty times, like somebody should look it up. Somebody call Elias Sports Bureau or ESPN Sports and Stats and and information and all that. Like somebody needs to find out. Like how many times in NBA history has a team scored eighty-something points and a half? 
gotten to the free throw line 40 something times yet lost. I mean, they just, and, and you mentioned Edwards. I mean, Edwards's defensive performance last night was horrible. Now he exerts so much energy on the offensive end and he's still only 19. So maybe the defense will come, but he was, he was horrendous last night. Jordan McLaughlin was horrendous defensively last night. Really? They all were right. When you give up that many points, when Indiana was down, Brogdon, Sabonis, and Turner. You can make a case that that's Indiana's three best players, certainly two of its best players. They were down all those guys, and Indiana had played the night before. So the second game of a back-to-back, and Indiana scores 141 points. You should be embarrassed. And this goes back, Phil, to what Judd and I talked about on Tuesday. Jim Peterson forgets more about basketball in two seconds than I'll ever know. I learn something every time I watch him analyze a game. But he said on the Monday night telecast that he really believes, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but you can go back and listen to the audio. He said that if this collection of of Wolves players had had stayed together and healthy all year long, that he really believes they would be a playoff team. They'd have to have 13 more wins right now to be in the 10 spot. Remember the play-in tournament, so, you know, the playoffs now aren't the top eight. It's the top 10. You know, and there are 15 teams in the Western Conference, so the chances are, you know, you can be one of the top 10, right? Like, 10 out of 15 make the playoffs. But I'm sorry, Jim. Like, no. (laughs) This roster, we saw it again last night. No, this roster has all sorts of warts. It lacks toughness. It lacks enough two-way talent. It lacks basketball IQ. It needs all sorts of help. But I'm just telling you, they're going to run this thing back through with the big three. So, Dukes, what do you think that Finch – biggest goal is going to be as far as staffing goes, as far as stylistic uh, play goes, and how, how much is Gerson going to be involved? Because to your point, Gerson definitely helped and held Ryan's hand as he shaped what they saw um, as the coaching staff and the roster. When it comes to Chris Finch now, who has far more experience and and is finally getting his chance, how much more freedom do you think Gerson is going to give Finch based on that point? Well, I think those two have such a good relationship that spans well over a decade that they're going to be in lockstep. That I don't think Chris Finch is going to go to Gerson and say, hey, I'd like to hire hypothetically Sean Sweeney for my staff. Sean's a buddy of mine. That's why I say his name. He's on Dwayne Casey's staff in Detroit. Just hypothetical. Uh, there's nothing going on there. Sean is is happy in Detroit. It's that out there now. A- 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 oh. Aggregators. Aggregators. Yeah. Aggregators. Yeah. Oh, are like, God. Wolfson. Second. I got the tweet out already, dude, Gary. I got the tweet <laughs> no, out already. No, I'm tweeting it. I'm tweeting it. <laughs> Complete hypothetical, but I figured I'd oh, attach an We got tampering. Coach name. Yeah, so anyway, like if if Chris goes to, to Gerson <laughs> and says, hey, I want to hire Sean, like they're already going to be synergized enough where I don't think Gerson's going to put up much of a – much of a roadblock. He needs to bring in somebody clearly that that can coach these guys up on the defensive end. Now, some of that is is just personnel where Gerson needs to reshape and revamp the roster. But clearly, the the philosophies that Vanderpool has been trying to coach up with these guys, it's not registering. It's just not. So he needs to find an excellent defensive minded assistant coach. I don't know who that is. I'll do some digging in the in the coming weeks or months, probably after the NFL draft, trying to figure out who that'll be. But I just don't see Vanterpool back with that option on his contract. There's no way the Wolves are going to exercise that option on his contract. Offensively, Judd, I mean, you know, we're starting to see it, right? I mean, you know, they're going to use Cat at the at the at the elbow. 
a little bit more. You know, Cat's been defending the perimeter a little bit more. I mean, the way that, that Anthony Edwards' usage rate has gone up under Finch's watch, I don't think that is going to slow down. You know, D'Angelo's played a, a good amount off the ball, you know, the last couple games. So I think we'll continue to see that. He did have success in Brooklyn off the ball. If you go back the year that, that he helped elevate them to the sixth seed, even though they were below 500, but they started off poorly, ended up with 40 wins. You know, it was it was Dinwiddie that was that was on the ball a good amount. Now he was on the ball too, but he can play off the ball. So I think we'll continue to see Russell off the ball. Uh, gentlemen, it is it is home opener day at Target Field today, and uh, obviously Josh Donaldson will not be part of it. He's on the injured list with the hamstring injury. So Doogie, we're very nervous about this. We feel like we feel like it could still be a calf injury that they're trying to cover up. So I guess what what information do you have about Josh Donaldson's status? It's not a calf injury, but Phil, I get the nervousness. He's 35 years old with a history of breaking down. So even when he comes back very, very soon, it could be inevitable. Maybe it will be inevitable that that at some point, who knows, maybe even before the month of April is done, that he's going to break down again. So I get, you know, I, I get that frustration and I get that nervousness. But with this injury, it is a hamstring injury. It's a very mild Hamstring strain, all things considered, he will be at CHS Field this weekend for some simulated games. So he's in the batting cage. He's taking swings. He's been doing some running on his own. He'll play some simulated games over in St. Paul this weekend. I know he's not in today's lineup. They're playing a game here in about an hour or two over at CHS Field, a simulated game. He's not over there today, but he'll be there this weekend. So he's trending to be back here pretty quick. The problem here is is the, the fact of what he said on the Zoom conference call that he did uh, a couple days after he got hurt. The problem is he basically acknowledged that this might have come from the fact that he is trying to put more pressure on his hamstrings to compensate for his calves. That's what concerns me now because, like, you can't – you just can't do this at that age. And and so until we see a large chunk of games where he can actually function and run – my concern is not that they're going to be trying to hide an injury. My concern is going to be his trying to compensate for his calf is going to keep biting him in different ways that is going to make him, how can I put this nicely, not a regular in the lineup. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any sort of, you know, direct no. rebuttal to what you just said, Judd. I mean, yeah, I mean, no. that's that's the situation that they're in. But with two years remaining on that four-year, $92 million contract after this year, it's on them to figure out some sort of solution. But, yeah, imagine him for his ages 36 and 37 seasons. It just stinks because that bat, like we saw it with that first at-bat opening day, right? Like you want that bat in the lineup 140 games, right? If not more, 145. But it just doesn't seem realistic. We're also reminded why Atlanta wasn't willing to do the contract that the Twins did. Atlanta had the book on him. He was there for the year. It's free agency. Atlanta had some interest in bringing him back, but certainly not at four years and definitely not at, you know, $23 million a year. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to go down unless something drastically changes with his durability. It's going to go down as probably a bust of a signing, but this is the thing. Like when we, we sit here for years, right, and people talk about the cheap poll ads and why don't the Twins do more in free agency and you know, the, the the realities of the economics of baseball are that most teams are operating with, you know, 80 percent local revenue, right, whether it's ticket sales or local TV deals. And so the Twins 
have less revenue coming in than the Yankees. And so when the Twins sign a Josh Donaldson or a Joe Maurer extension and they whiff on it or it's just not paying off, it's harder for teams like the Twins and other low and uh, mid-revenue payroll teams, it's harder for them to overcome those types of bad contracts. Like if you're the Dodgers or the Yankees, and uh, I remember the Dodgers like five or six years ago were paying players like $90 million a year, Carl Crawford, to go away, to just be gone, right? <laughs> and so I, th- I think it's going to be hard for the Twins to overcome if this, is a, if this is a dud of a contract. But they've done a pretty amazing job with depth. I mean, the fact that Luis Arias can just jump in and be this great player offensively at third base. And you've got other outfielders in the wings in Kirilov and Larnick at some point. They have the depth where they may be able to overcome this, but if they really want to do actual damage in October, he almost certainly has to be on your team, Dukes. Well, he probably does, or you need to bring in somebody that can that can for sure help you in October, you know, come July 30th or July 31st, yeah. a non-waiver trade deadline. But you're right, Phil. I mean, the way you got Donaldson here was you had to overpay. You had to go to the four years. He wasn't coming here for three years. He would have waited longer. You know, the Twins had swung and missed on on Zach Wheeler, right? Like, the number one goal that offseason was, let's go get a really good starting pitcher. They weren't able to seal the deal on Wheeler, but they landed Donaldson. Then they make a really shrewd trade for for Maeda, right? So, I mean, they found their pitcher that way. But, yeah, I mean, it's just it's the reality of the situation, that, that they were willing to roll the dice. They felt like, hey, we're not that far away. Yeah. Maybe there's going to be some some downside on the back end of the deal, but 2019 and 2020, the first couple of years of the deal, should go all right. That's where it's so unfortunate that he broke down last year, and now he's already broken down here one week into the season. On Byron Buxton, Dukes, this to me is going to become an incredibly interesting predicament, good and bad, okay? Um, if Byron Buxton can play, and it's a, it's a, a small sample size for now, but if he can play like he has played so far and generate the power and on base, I mean, when he's playing now, he looks like the guy that we have expected for years versus the fact that even so far this year, and he didn't get hurt, he got sick, but he couldn't stay in the lineup consistently. How do you think this is going to go in the back and forth between what he's going to demand and can demand and when healthy, could be fantastic, versus the club's opinion of, yeah, you're great, but we don't have, there's no confidence here that you are consistently going to be able to stay on the field. How do you see this playing out? Because this might ultimately be one of the most interesting situations in baseball. Forget the Twins. In baseball, as far as potential superstar player, but the flip side is we can't pay you like that because if if you can play... 110 games, that's not achieving what you know an ordinary superstar player can. That's why they haven't been able to figure out a contract extension going back over two years. Judd, there's been a lot. I can't give you an exact figure, but it's a lot. A lot of conversation. The Buxton camp, the Twins front office, trying to carve out what a contract extension would look like. The Twins have tried to get him with multiple team options. We saw that with the Randy Dobnak extension. The Twins love team (laughs) options. Mm -hmm. I don't think Buxton is on board with that. I guess the good thing is, Phil, do you know, is it it after the 22 season or after the 23 season? When is Buxton 
an unrestricted free agent? Did he I just have his I, first I, year I, of arbitration? I believe he has one more year of arbitration in 2022, and then he's a free agent in 23. Okay, so free agent after the 22 season. So he'd be a free agent, what, December, late November of, of 2022? Is that correct? So I believe so. Mm-hmm. He's got this year and next year. Maybe it's worth if Declan's got a second. Maybe he can look yeah. that up. I got it so for you right here. Okay. They've, got some, they've got some leeway. I will say this much. I mean, I think we conveniently forget how good Buxton was in 2017. Mm-hmm. Now I get it. The MVP ballot, you list 10 players. But he did earn a seventh-place MVP vote. He earned a ninth-place MVP vote. He did win a platinum gold glove that year at 23 years old. Like, I think we forget how hard this game is. A lot of fans do, at least. Like, do you know how brilliant Buxton was in 2017 at 23 years old? So we know how good he can be for a sustained stretch. Yeah, I mean, the issue is he just needs to stay on the field. If he does, the numbers are going to be there. But that's why I just I struggle to see how the Twins and the Buxton camp come to a happy medium. Maybe the Twins budge a bunch. I don't think the Buxton camp is going to budge a ton, though. Hmm. So uh, he he is a free agent after 2022. And so he's – so I mean, this this is – this is the year to do an extension because once he once he gets a taste, I would even say once he gets a taste of the offseason, this offseason, and he's one year away from free agency, then they might just want to hit unrestricted free agency, if you will. But here's the biggest problem for me at this point with 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 Byron Buxton. If you're the if you're the twins front office and you're and you're looking at this thing. So his main asset is speed, right? I mean, speed drives speed drives his defense. Speed drives a lot of his power because a lot of the doubles and triples that you see are him hitting balls that would be maybe singles for some guys, and he's and he's turning a single into a double. Now, he's got some home run power, too, and we're seeing that in the first week, and there might even be some 25, 30 home run power in there, but your straight-line speed only declines after the age of 25, like, you're, like in all sports. You're not going to find guys who are 28, 29, 30 that are as fast as they were when they were 21, 22, 23. Now he might be so fast that he can he can continue playing center field until he's 31 32. But remember Tory Hunter. I mean Tory Hunter was never quite as fast as Byron Buxton. But once he got to his early 30s, he got to he got to the Angels and by the time he was like 33, he became a right fielder because he wasn't a good center fielder anymore. So you might only have like 4 years left of him being a top defensive center fielder when you factor it into a contract extension. You know what? What? Where's, where's that speed going to be in his early thirties? It's not going to be the same. So you're, you've almost sort of, by no fault of anyone, you've almost sort of wasted through injury and some pro- productivity issues with him. You sort of wasted like the prime years of his physical peak. Um, now that he's going to be 28 next year, going into free agency, I'm just going to throw that out there that I would be nervous if I'm the Twins. Anything beyond like age 31 or 32 for a Buxton extension? Well, I think. Yeah, I mean, you see me nodding my head. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in agreement. I do think there's actually 25 home run power there, though. I agree. I do. I mean, that ball he hit the other day, 450-something feet. I mean, right? And, and we've heard about maybe the, the deadening of, of the baseball. There was no deadening of, of that particular baseball, the way he the way he made contact with it. So I do think if, if he can find a way to, to be in the lineup 145 games, I think there's 25 home run power there. I I really do. But yeah, I mean that's that's the tricky part. We know how analytical the Twins front office is. So they know everything that you just explained. Mm-hmm. That's why their preference is multiple team options, right? Where they can make the determination after his age 30 season, after his age 31 season 
okay, well, maybe we don't want to do this. We'll pay a, a little bit of a buyout. We'll send you on on your way. But yeah, it would be interesting if so. He'll he'll be after the twenty two season twenty eight twenty nine. Going to be turning twenty nine, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you're getting him for his for most of his what age twenty nine, thirty, thirty one, thirty two, like. Does he get a five-year deal? Probably not. Four, maybe not. You might want Listen, maybe it's like a three-year deal on the open market. Here's, here's the other thing, just to throw this out there: there would be a ton of value if if you if you could sort of transition him to a corner outfield spot in at age thirty thirty one, and and he becomes the best defensive right fielder in all of baseball, and the and the bat is above average, right? Like you'd have to sort of factor that into negotiation because a right fielder, you can find right fielders a lot easier and, and a lot cheaper than franchise center fielders. So you'd have to work some. I'm sure they're discussing all this stuff. That, like They'd love to have him at 31 as an elite right fielder while they have somebody else playing center. Um, but his camp's going to want center field money with, with any sort of contract, I'm sure. What is good center field money? Like, what is a comp? Like, Judd and I went back and forth, Phil, on Tuesday about what a Barrios extension could potentially look like. And we keep bringing up Lance McCullers Jr. of the Astros, who just signed a five-year, $85 million extension. Now, with Brios's age, I don't know if a five-year contract makes a lot of sense. I would think maybe he wants, and his agent wants, you know, like a three-year, and then hit free agency at, what, 28, 29, or maybe six or seven years of security to go into, you know, his 32, 33 seasons. You know, I don't know if a five-year extension makes a whole lot of sense for Barrios, but like I think, Judd, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we both agreed that, that Barrios is worth more than McCullers, and he'll think maybe that. not significantly more, but he's worth more. So, you know, whatever that might look like, you know, we, we used the five years as a comp. So, you know, five ninety-five, five one hundred, five one ten. But I don't know what a good comp is for for Byron Buxton. Like, what did what did Lorenzo Cain? What did he get from the Brewers when he signed a couple years ago? I don't remember his contract, but the one that the one that I just found right now, and this guy is in his early thirties. So George Springer is sort of a center field, right field hybrid, and and George Springer at age thirty one just signed a free agent deal for twenty five million dollars a year with Toronto. And now Mike Trout obviously set the real standard for center. <laughs> Byron Buxton's not on that planet, but like. You could make a case if Buxton has a breakout offensive year and stays healthy. I mean, George Springer is just always the guy's. He's he's not missing like fifty games in a season due to injury, right? He's he's hit the DL a couple times, but he's pretty durable. Um, and so if if Buxton could put up a big season offensively, I think he would be looking at something closer to George Springer like money. Buxton's a better defender. Springer's a better hitter, but the the overall value might lean toward twenty twenty five million dollars a year. Uh, if if you're looking at that as the as the bar setter, I, I think and Buxton, all it takes, hey Dukes, yeah. I, I yeah. think I think somebody if Buxton can go the next couple years and not get hurt and not miss a ton of games, I think somebody will give him five years. He, Lorenzo came by the way five years eighty million with Milwaukee three years ago five years eighty. But I I think he's in line to get fi- five years from somebody. I don't know which the Twins and I and and look, my original point was this: this to me is a tough decision. Because if you sign him, you know, if you say, you know what, he's been great, five years is fine, and we go back to the same old stuff, you know, migraines, and then he runs into a wall, and then he slides weird. That's what people people have to process the fact that the Donaldson situation is not bad luck. It just happens. It happens. And when you give out 
The problem is, and and this is the problem for teams like the Twins, is you have only so many of these financial bullets to fire. Like, you can't be, well, it didn't work out with him. Now let's move on to, to this guy. Like, you have to pick and choose. And unfortunately, you have to be right. Because if you're not, that's how you get into a predicament. And that's when fans then come back and say, well, why don't you sign more guys? Because ultimately, these big contracts don't always pay off. All it takes is one team, though, right? Yes. So Toronto was in a situation with all that Rogers Communications money. Yes. Where they wanted to spend a lot of money, right? Didn't they swing and miss? I mean, all teams do. We talked about the Twins swinging and missing on Wheeler. Didn't the Blue Jays chase? You know, weren't they in on Trevor Bauer? I think they were in on some other guys. Yep. They didn't land those guys. They had all this money to spend. Yep. And they said, okay, we can land George Springer. So, you know, whoever it might be in the winter of 2022, if Buxton does get to outright free agency, I'm telling you, all it takes is a Steve Cohen to say, yeah, yep. like I'm mesmerized by that player, by that potential by that speed, we've already seen him reach, you know, a, a pretty high bar with the potential. Like, I want that guy on my team. So, yeah, five years, 80, five years, 90, whatever it is. I mean, yeah, I think – thanks, Declan. I think he would get more than Kane. So, yeah, Phil, you're probably right that, that it's probably closer to the Springer contract than the Kane contract. I can tell you a couple years ago, one of the Twins' offers was significantly less significantly emphasis on significantly less than what the the brewers gave kane i got it gotta shoot your shot if you're a a low to mid-budget front office all right dude let's wrap here with some rapid fire scoopage what else do you got on our local sports teams tyler cook i'm happy for him the former iowa hawkeye so he was with the iowa wolves in the g league he signed a contract for the rest of the year with the detroit pistons it includes an option for next year that actually kicks in five days into free agency becomes fully guaranteed so Tyler Cook finally has some security. I can tell you, Gerson and the rest of the front office talked about adding Tyler a ton. It obviously didn't happen. He had some options. He went to Brooklyn initially on a 10-day, then went to Detroit on a couple 10 days, then gets the long, you know, semi-long-term security with the Pistons. Uh, the Wolves had all sorts of interests. So I, I just, you know, uh, there's a ton of athleticism there. He plays hard, which, which I still think is a skill in the NBA. I know some people disagree, but I just think playing hard is 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 a skill that, that not enough guys do it on a on a regular basis. So I really like Tyler Cook, so I'm happy for him, but I'm disappointed the Wolves couldn't find a way to to get him wrapped up. Race Thompson, Daryl Thompson's son, Robbinsdale Armstrong High School. He is in the portal, right? Had a really good year this past year at Indiana. He's turned into a good Big Ten player. Ben Johnson, new Gophers coach, zoomed with Race on Monday. It turns out, I hear, that he's actually leaning toward going back to Indiana. That Mike Woodson has made a really good impression. Mike Woodson just landed a really good transfer guard yesterday from Pittsburgh. That Race Thompson right now is favoring going back to Indiana, not becoming a gopher. Ben Johnson will have a Zoom today with a big man who's in the portal from the University of North Dakota. He had a really good game at the barn when North Dakota lost to the Gophers in the non-conference back in December. Philip Rabrasha, and I might be botching the last name, R-E-B-R-A-C-A. Sounded good. So, yeah, pretty good player. I think the Gophers have a realistic shot to land him. I think the Gophers have a realistic shot to land the Matamidi High School alum, the Northern State D2 transfer, one of the best players in D2, Parker Fox. You know, so just keep paying attention. Ben Johnson is is redoing this roster. 
There's a lot of openings. Liam Robbins is likely to end up with his uncle, Ed Conroy. The buzz is Ed Conroy is going to end up on Jerry Stackhouse's staff at Vanderbilt. Although I did hear that Iowa might have some interest in Liam Robbins. That would be juicy. I still think I still think Gabe Kausher, especially now with Dave Thorson on Ben Johnson's staff. Gabe did play for for Dave for a little bit at D. Last I think Dave left after Gabe's junior year. But anyway, Gabe played for Dave. Gabe and Ben have a great relationship. Gabe and Dave have a good relationship. You know, Gabe's testing the the transfer waters, but I can see a scenario where where Gabe Kausher ends up back in a Gophers uniform. Dawson Garcia, McDonald's All-American, Prior Lake High School, just finished his freshman year at Marquette. We're curious, right, because Woj gets fired at Marquette. They bring in Chaka Smart. What does Garcia's future hold? I'm told he's at least right now going through the pre-draft process. And I will say this much. I don't know if it's right now, but I do think Dawson Garcia is an eventual NBA player. So he may as well go through the pre-draft process, see what feedback he gets, then make a determination. Now, I don't know if he's a draft pick right now. Maybe he's a second-round pick. I don't think he's a first-round pick. So maybe he wants to play another year of college basketball. So it'll be interesting to follow his happenings. But I've been asked a lot about, hey, what about Dawson Garcia to the Gophers? Nothing's going on right now on that front because he is weighing his NBA options. Dylan Raddins, Becker High School. Really good offensive lineman from North Dakota State. He's likely a top 50 pick, may even go late first round, but if not late first, somewhere early, relatively early in the second round. He recently did a virtual interview with the hometown Minnesota Vikings. That is Darren Doogie Wolfson. Inside information and scoopage. Reckless speculation. About your Minnesota sports teams on this Reckless Speculation Thursday. Find his podcast called The Scoop every week on scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts. And you can find him as part of the five eyewitness news sports team, uh, you'll see him anchoring some stuff today. If you're watching or listening to this today, later tonight, uh, Doogie is uh, is a man about town with our local sports team. So, Dugs, we love it. We'll talk to you again next week, man. Sounds good, Phil. One more thing, reading a text message from an NHL insider. I asked oh. him with the NHL trade deadline on Monday, anything percolating with the Wild. Not hearing much. I believe they will do something, though. So deadline Monday Dennis afternoon. That, that leaves a, wide, a wide open uh, array of possibilities. Thanks, Dukes. Thanks, Dukes. Okay, Bye, see you, boys. Bye-bye. To you. Right. Reckless speculation. Love it. Love it. Oh, uh, inject all of the reckless speculation in my veins. And by the way, reckless speculation also powered in part by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been around for over 100 years in the state of Minnesota. They've been helping business owners for that stretch as well. And they provide industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. That's also why Federated recently launched MyShield, the online client destination for risk management resources. Find out how MyShield via Federated Insurance can help protect your business. Find a full list of all the industries Federated protects as well. All of it at federatedinsurance.com or download the app. And remember, at Federated it's our business to protect yours. Before we dive into our talking twins discussion of the day, um, on the uh, on the Gopher basketball front, because you know I'm just a mark for Gopher basketball. It is hilarious that we're like we're talking about the transfer portal. This is free yeah. agency in college basketball. Everybody's straight in up it. free agency. I'm in it. <laughs> I've applied. Judd, transfer Judd has portal. entered the transfer portal. I'm like everyone's in it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> 
You're a geek if you're not in the transfer portal. I'm in the portal it's like now. Nanu, nanu. I'm in the transfer portal. <laughs> wow. Is that a Mork and Mindy reference yeah. out there? Mork from Hork, man. He'd be in the old transfer school. portal. It old is school. old school, 1970s. It is very old school. All right, let's do this here. We're going to win, twins. We're going to score. We're going to win, twins. What's that baseball score? Uh, happy home opener day here. We're actually recording these shows a little earlier so that uh, Declan can go out and get nine Target Field beers in him for the first That's time in like in, two years. He's, a, he's in all the garb, man. Yeah, he's got, got the jacket. He's got the shirt. He's got the, the hat. hat. You're like I'm a walking promotion. Dave St. Peter loves you. Yeah, ESP's He's rocking guy. it. Uh, Dex is vaccinated. He's ready to go. Oh, he's yeah. ready to be part of yeah. the masses. He'll be on Kiss Cam. By the, by the way, I got the, uh, I got the vax yesterday. Right oh, I thought you were going to show us a tattoo. Yeah. I thought you were going to be like, I got my twins tattoo. It's, uh, yeah. it's Rocco's just, face. It's the tramp stamp on the back. And just I, yeah, go twins. It is. Yeah, check it out. It's Actually, note to, note, note to self with the vaccine, they put it in your arm, okay? Just make note of that, <laughs> Judd Zelgad. Don't drop trow in front of uh, several hundred I'm, people. US yeah, I'm ready Stadium to go. Now. Here you go. I've been transferred. U.S. <laughs> Bank Stadium tomorrow. I'm very excited about this. Which one are you getting? Do you know what brand? Yeah, Johnson Johnson. Okay. One and done, man. One and done. Okay. I had Moderna. So I, I, I'm not the, the the Pfizer, which is two. Is Moderna, was it one or two? Two. Two. And Johnson & Johnson, I think, is the one that, like, it's kind of roulette, where it might it might knock you on your ass for 12 hours, but then you'll be a new man. So yeah, you might, you might have to it. grind it. We'll Don got it last week and was absolutely fine. I think I think what, what Royce told us is the key. If you're young and your immune system is good, it, it hits you hard because it fights it. If you're old and fat, you're fine. I, I will. <laughs> so my lack of being in shape here is going to be absolutely imperative to the fact that I will be rolling tomorrow night to every bar I can get into. I'll be clubbing. I'm going to make up for for a year for 13 months tomorrow night. Judd's like, uh, yeah, I'll have a Bloody Mary and a chaser of COVID. That would be great. Yep. Yes, because yep. I'm vaccinated. Give me a give me a Long Island vaccination. <laughs> I want Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, <laughs> Pfizer, mix them all together with a little alcohol, oh and let's see where this goes. And some, and, and some Tito's, yeah. Just a, a spl- just a little splash of soda water. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so boys, the, the Minnesota Twins here, they've they've lost the two extra inning games they've played, but they're 4-2 and two on the you know, first six games on the road. Yeah. And what the amazing thing is, like, you, you know, from game to game, the, the pitching has been largely great just, you know, watching the games. But then when you... When you pull up and you look at the, let's see here, the 54 and two-thirds innings that they have thrown so far as a staff, bullpen and starters, this is amazing. And I get it's only six games and this is not sustainable, but the Twins have a 2.14 earned run average collectively with 67 strikeouts in 54 and two-thirds innings. And really the only damage, like the only real significant damage has been allowed by Randy Dobnak with that crooked number garbage time ninth inning. And then Cody Stashak's gotten hit around a little bit too, uh, three earned runs. So if you take those two guys out, it's been lights out up and down this rotation. I mean, the starting pitchers have only allowed five earned runs in their six starts so far to start the season. Yeah, I've been... and, 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 the, and the bullpen... Looked a little shaky that first game with Alex Colomay walking the plank, but um, the, mm-hmm. the bullpen looks crisp, and they're striking hitters out. So your general thoughts on the pitching and the bullpen out of the gate here, boys. The starting staff doesn't really surprise me because I think it's probably the best starting staff the Twins have, have had in a long time as far as start of the season confidence, right? 
Like people now slot into the right places. I think the top three are good. Uh, four and five might change at times, but but they're not train wrecks. But I, w- I think there's a case to be made, and I sent you guys this in the prep notes last night. I think there's a case to be made that in all of sports, the least predictable thing and the thing that we stress out the most about, and I'm talking all of the sports that we follow, so not just baseball, bullpens might be the most unpredictable thing. I don't think there's been any sure. one thing. Like, if I don't think that the Vikings' offensive line is good, it's ordinarily just not that good, right? It, it's not like, oh, my God, these no-name, these no-names, have, they're unbelievable. Um, I don't think there's any one topic where there's been, at times, more panic or confidence that's turned out to be wrong than bullpens. Yeah, because guys, guys go through like two or three year stretches where they're amazing and then their arm flames out or the league catches up to them. And and part of that reasoning, too, is that most guys who wind up in a bullpen are failed starters. They either didn't have a third pitch or they didn't have good enough control. And so they're they're really trying to channel everything that they have. And it's and it's a more limited set. Usually it's a more limited set of skills than a starter might have. And they're trying to channel it into like a half trip through the lineup. And then if they go beyond that, then they would get exposed, right? So they're just it's, – it's a very – bullpens are fragile, and obviously you've got the top-end arms that last for several years. I mean, Mariana Rivera threw one pitch for 20 years and was amazing. And so, I'm, you know, they're not all volatile. But, you know, I think there was a lot of consternation about the turnover in this bullpen, and uh, Taylor Rogers was shaky last year. But it lo- – and it's so early. It's a week into the season here, right. and so this could all just implode. But – if everyone sort of performs near their peak, Alex Colome has been one of the better closers in baseball over the last few years. Taylor Rogers and Tyler Duffy have been two of the better relievers in baseball the last couple of years. And Hansel Robles has closing experience too. And so, you know, it, it, it's a nice comforting feeling when maybe your fourth or fifth best reliever, I actually think Alcala might be in that mix too. And they're still kind of putting him in low leverage spots. He's only pitched once this season, but if Hansel Robles is like your fourth or best reliever and he has closing experience, that tells you something about the depth here. So, um, yeah, it, it's been it's been a pretty amazing start to the season pitching wise on the on the rotation front. Obviously, you feel good about Maeda and Barrios, and I think Pineda. You feel pretty good at this point about now that he's healthy and performing well. As long as he doesn't get suspended for some weird reason again, right? But if he's um, pitching, if, you're right. You do feel pretty good yep, about him. If Shoemaker and Hap can stay healthy, which has been a huge if for both of them, especially Shoemaker. Then mm-hmm. this like I don't know that this rotation is a hundred percent playoff ready with just those five guys. You might need to add one more, you know, needle moving starter at some point. But they don't have many glaring holes up and down the yes. pitching staff and bullpen, which yes. is which is comforting. And the key to me is that right now, at least, I feel like the third spot is in good hands, and I have not always consistently had that confidence going in yeah. two years. And I also love the fact that, again, to go back to what I said before, it all slots in right now. Like, there's no, well, can Barrios be the ace? Or blah? No, he's he's in a really good spot. Um, he's proven that he can, I, I think the more you, I think the more you dial down the inherent pressure on Barrios, the better he becomes. And the better he becomes actually pushes him more in a weird way towards being an ace. So, Oh, I would like to make one request, though, one talking twins request, okay? Because this guy's going to play quite a bit, and I get it, and the team likes him, and that that's fine, too. I mean, you know, it's great. Um, it's seriously, though, something that I think we need to talk about. Can Jake Cave 
for the love of God, stop (laughs) diving for baseballs. And I know he got up and made the play. And and by the way, the relay from Simmons yesterday is why you signed him. It was phenomenal. He made a great throw. He repositioned himself. Like the intangibles about what this guy brings at shortstop are off the charts. But all of that being said, Jake Cave is going to play. I'm not requesting he doesn't play. But can he stop diving for balls? You've got just make the play. And like if you can't make the play for the out, make the play. Yeah, he gets. Is that too much to say? No, but but I mean, he, he doesn't get squirrely. He he potentially costs you games with that crap. He's a butcher yeah, in the he, field. He's a complete. I, but butcher. I don't know. He's a butcher if he just accepts. Oh, I'm not going to get. To, you know, I'm not Buxton, dude. It's fine. You're not Buxton. There's yeah, only one has, Buxton. He, it's not like he has the physical tools to play center and for sure to play a corner spot. I mean, he has range. Yeah, and and he's athletic, right? But he just needs to get this hero ball mentality out of his head. Like, dude, you're. He's trying to wind up on Sports Center's top ten every like it's like he takes the field with one goal in mind. Yes, web gem tonight. Tonight it's going down. Yes, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get Scott Van Pelt is gonna mention my name on the late night Sports Center tonight, and it's gonna be glorious. It's like, crazy. dude, just just let it come to you. Just it, let it come. It to drives you. me crazy. But but his his diving is the hockey equivalent of false hustle. It's insincere. <laughs> Yeah, it's not so serious. I mean, he's Clutterbuck. He runs around the ice and hits people and gets and gets the statistical hit, but actually has taken himself out of position by doing that. It's false hustle. Just make yeah. the play. The ball bounces. It bounces up. You're standing there and you get it in your glove and throw it back in. OK, what is the the, the twins historical Mount Rushmore of false hustle? I'll give you the first two. Well, Punto, Punto, slide, sliding, Punto first, sliding into first complete base. Complete false hustle. I would say Jake Cave diving for balls he has no chance to get. Yep. I'm going to put Michael Kadir yeah. getting pur- purposefully getting <laughs> in rundowns. <laughs> You're so crazy. Love Michael Kadir, But, like, what Kadir would do is, so the, let's say there's a runner on second base. I love this. And Kadir's up at the plate, and Kadir hits a base hit to right field. And to in his mind, to ensure that the throw gets cut off yes. so that the run scores, yes. he would round first and like basically stand between first and second and be like, hey, uh, you can throw me out. <laughs> and so and sometimes it would work like the ball would get cut off because, oh, this guy's going to get in a rundown. Yes. No, of course, like if you actually have a chance to throw a guy out at the plate, you don't give a rip what, <laughs> what Kadire's doing between first and second. But Kadire getting thrown out on purpose. Punto sliding headfirst into first base. Jake Cave diving for balls that are 10 feet from his glove. Hmm. Do you know who drove me crazy at times? But it, but I false hustle would not apply to the to the, the term wouldn't apply. Um, oh, Romo drove me crazy with the antics last year at times. Like it was oh, way too I, much. I liked it. But yeah. I, I don't know if but it's false hustle. But it was just, uh, it, it, it wasn't sincere consistently in my opinion. I loved me some Sergio Romo. I think he ran his course, and he's, you know, the Oakland A's are actually a perfect team for him. Who yells? He just have a beard. and Who gets in Francisco Lindor's face? Sergio Romo. He's one of the most liked guys in baseball. He Like, he is a sincere star player. Like, I got, really? I got, the, four, I got the fourth Mount Rushmore for you. Okay. Okay. Chad Allen trying to steal bases when, the, when he thought the pitcher wasn't <laughs> looking in the early 2000s. I don't know if Dex remembers say, this or not. The delayed shit. steal. No. no. So Chad Allen, who I think he was, he was a minor league hitting coach for the Twins, yeah, and maybe a manager. Triple A. Okay. 
Maybe he still is. I I don't recall. No, he's not with the Twins anymore. So for like two years, he was the king of, let's say he he walked or he's on first base. He would always look for chances. Like if he thought the pitcher was, maybe the pitcher's rubbing the ball and just like, you know, taking a deep breath off the mound or something, but time wasn't called, right? If he thought, or or if he thought, so the ball's coming in and, you know, someone grabs the ball and they're going to walk it to the pitcher. If he thought they weren't paying attention, he would try to steal second base or try and steal third, and it it worked like one in every ten times. Like, oh, that's a great hustle play. But See, then he, but then he, but then he would just like one. look for it in every game. He would just look for the opportunity to take off early or something. I can't even so, laugh because that's exactly how I played little league. So like that, I I can't even front. I can't yeah. even. I can't even. Like that's exactly how I would try to steal bases because I thought I was so damn quick and so being so sneaky. I definitely pulled but out a few. But the sides. key there is that's how you played little league. Correct. Chad <laughs> Allen was playing at the Metrodome. By the way, you know what? Now, after after watching this, I bet he got that from his experience watching little big league. Oh wow! That dude. seems like a very little big league play, doesn't it? I'm watching tonight. I'm excited. I'm watching tonight as well. So wa- Judd watched Little Big League I've for the first it. time. I watched it for big the first time. Big review coming out tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, but right. but I mean that would be a play Billy would put on. Billy Hayward. What would he name always that be play? aware? Always be aware of when the pitcher is rubbing up the baseball. Yeah, actually, we uh, we were inspired once in a Legion game. This was like a Legion State tournament game, and it freaking worked. I think I, I can't remember. I think I was playing first base oh, in this game you, for some you reason. Act like the ball was going down the line. Oh, we've tried. And we this. D- we did something. We didn't do the we didn't do the full on like where it's going down the line and you got the security guard in yeah. on the play and stuff. But like we did something like that, and then uh, we got the we got the pickoff to end a big inning or something to go to the next round. It was kind of fun. We stole it right from Little Big League. Yeah, and that, that so play, that's the Mount Rushmore of a false hustle. That play actually worked in the College World Series. Was it eighty four? It was, I think, the Miami Hurricanes against Oregon or Oregon State. I don't recall, but it actually did work. Like that's Were where they, they got fake, the like idea. They faked down the line. You and step everything? Up, you, yep, yeah. you, yep. You step off so it's not a block. You throw it, and they had the guy running down the line. Like, oh my god, the ball, the ball, the ball! And the guy oh came off god. the base. They just went tagged. Amazing. So, all right. So there's your. You just got a. You just got a bonus Mount Rushmore here on Mackie Judd talking Twins. Don't dive after the ball, <laughs> JK. You don't need to dive. <laughs> uh, talking twins every single day here. If you want deep dive twins discussions where we break the games down like they are football games, this is your place here on Mackie and Judd. Plus, bonus episodes of Talking Twins on Mondays with our friend Jake DePew, who has uh, he's covered the minor leagues for us at Score North and fifteen hundred ESPN back in the day. So. Uh, check those out on the Mackie and Judd feed. And today's Talking Twins, powered by our friends at Whamatech. If you're listening or watching on a broken-down phone, tablet, or laptop, well, uh, Whamatech is here to help you out. They are here with uh, a hand, and they are trusted suppliers of pre-owned devices, phones, tablets, laptops. They source the devices directly and pass the savings on to you guys. They'll even buy your old device for cash. So buy, sell, trade in, whatever you need, Whamatech.com. That's W-A-M-A-T-E-K. Dot com, whamatech.com. All right, boys, it's time to go back and expose some oh, old yeah. tweets. We go back in the archives every Thursday. 12 years, 11, 12, 13 years of Twitter history. And uh, Declan goes back and finds things that could be incriminating. What do we got here, Dex? So all-encompassing one. I like to pick a theme. Wasn't the case this week. Um, <laughs> but because it's opening day, I'm the one with the twins take. Judd has a wild take. 
Phil has a wolf stick. We'll start with mine, and I think this probably wins. So we'll start with this Self-reporting. one. Self-reporting. I like Self-reporting to see Self-reporting to start. Good job. Declan Goff. March 8th, 2018. It's still early, but the Twins made a killing in last year's draft with Gordon, <laughs> Gonsalves, and Romero knocking on the door. Combined with solid pitching depth at AAA, losing a third-round pick ain't nothing to stress about. I think this might have been... The Phil Hughes trade to San Diego? No, I think because that was in season. I'm trying to know what the last part is, losing a third-round pick. We did something where we lost a third-round pick, clearly. It would have been a comp pick for a signing of some kind. Oh, you know what? Lance Lynn or Lomo? Probably Lance Lynn. Probably Lance Lynn. In April, yeah. Yeah, probably probably Lance Lance Lynn. Lynn And it was right around that time. It was early March where they signed. So let's go through these. So Nick Gordon never played in the bigs. And Salve's is a bust. Yeah, bust. Romero, and Fernando bust. Romero, who was supposed to be he's somewhere this, else. He's, he's somewhere. He's in another country playing. Oh well. Dude. Yeah. What happened had, to that guy? Well, he couldn't. He had some issues where he couldn't get um, a visa to get in the country last year, and it was some. I think it turned into a legal issue. And I want to say the Twins lent him, or or no, the Twins released him and allowed him, and he was like, he went Where? to a different country to play. Dude, that's going to be a tough one to beat, man. Declan, that is Declan, a that's a great a oh, I God. Mad props to you, though, for weighing in on a baseball draft. Thank you. You know what it probably was? Like, like that, you know, I prop- it's tough, but baseball, like football's tough, but baseball, you got to have big the, the cojones. I, big, big I cojones. probably saw the Twinkie Town Twins Daily guys complaining you, about the third round pick. You tend and, to I had, react. and I had to jump in. You tend to react to a lot of stuff. I do. Like you get very mad at wild fans. You get very mad I, at yeah. they drive me nuts. They drive me absolutely nuts. You, you know, I, uh, I I'll tell you what. I love Twins Daily does amazing, just like day to day work. And Seth Stowe's has always been mm-hmm. uh, just a, a great trusted minor league source and whatnot. But a couple of those guys got on me. Nick Nelson got on me last year. Miguel Sano got hot for like two weeks, and right at the beginning of that stretch, I said something like, "He's." He gets hot once in a while, but he's super replaceable. You can find power hitting non position guys who hit two oh five or whatever, and it got put in the bad take hall of fame. And I just want to say I'm not rooting against Miguel Sano, but like I feel like that ship has sort of sailed on Sano becoming a superstar player, which we should talk about on a future episode. Yes. Of of talking twins, you're not rooting so, against him, but you don't. He is who he is. You know, he is my, who you know, he is. It doesn't go great for him these days. For God's sake! I just think sometimes I think the the twins blogosphere sometimes can get a little. They they, they they try to police your takes sometimes. Like you need to have the correct take on yeah. something, or or you are ostracized. I just want to say like we we are an open community for twins takes here yeah. on Mackie and Judd. Whatever take you have, bring it into the club here. We can disagree. We can have fun with it, and we don't have to. We don't have to crap on and people. We'll yeah. even expose you if you do have a take. <laughs> uh, this one from Judd, not too long ago, just a month ago. The Wild expected Cam Talbot to be their number one goalie when the season started. Then Capo Kakinen came along. This is a column from Judd on March eighth, two thousand twenty-one. Oh, look at that headline! Cool, calm, and collected. Yeah. So, Judd, how do you feel? Um, Cam Talbot. They both played great. They both yeah. played great. Yeah, okay. Cam's back is the one, but you know what? He could get hurt again. Who knows? I. I mean, dude, you basically booted him off the team. Like you are. Yeah, you I don't know, what you know what, guys? Let's let's call a spade a spade. Declan is going to win this. Okay. Oh, you probably. I am. Like you don't just try and, don't try and you deflect went hard. From your... You went hard on baseball draft. 
Hey, you know what? We don't know. The season has not played out yet. I, old Tweets Exposed is supposed to go back in my history and find things. Not a month back. I feel like somebody really sort of just took the easy way with no, me this no, week. No, no, no. I think you're deflecting from yeah. a premature wild take I would never do. I'll, I would never do I'll that. I'll say this. Mine is, more, mine is more damning, but you do belong in this Old Tweets Exposed. You, you belonged. I like yeah, that stuff belonged. from 2014. Today, today is Masters Day, too, as well. And I feel like Declan is the clubhouse leader right now. Like, Declan fired like a 62, yeah. and he's just waiting for someone to come Shoot. get him. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm, I'm still on the course here. Oh, we'll I thought see. you were going to say he's been checked uh, out. This from Phil Mackey. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say he's been just sort of checked out. That's not fair, by, by the way. He's done a great job today. I'm going to defend Declan. Just land D'Angelo Russell and everything else <laughs> will work out. This is from June 30th, 2019. Uh, quote mm. tweeting a Doogie report. From the Wolves having interest in Ricky Rubio return, but belief is he's going to the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, tweeted on uh, July 30th, 2019. Phil, do you uh, just land D'Angelo Russell and everything works out? Or are you still Listen, feeling all right? I'm, I'm still feeling this takeout. Okay, I didn't tell you that it would be all right okay, and work out overnight. Here we go. Deflecting. I'm, I was accused right. of deflecting. <laughs> it's deflection time. It's deflection time. I think Declan takes yeah, the cake for this one, me. though. For oh, his time. By the way, wait, wait in the baseball draft. Nick Gordon is not draft. that old. Nick Gordon, even as recently as three years ago, was still a top 50 overall prospect. He's only 25 years old. And uh, the last time he played a minor league season was 2019 because they didn't play last year. But in AAA in 2019, he batted 298 with an 801 OPS, not a total train wreck. So I, th- I still think Nick Gordon has a chance to be a major league player. Yeah. But the other two guys, you're on your own. Gonsalves. Oh. <laughs> yeah, where's Nick Gordon? My, my question on him is, where is he going to be a player? Because I, I don't think it's going to be here. Just He'll be a utility guy. Yeah. Maybe a sweetener. Or, 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 at the yeah, if he gets line. off to a hot start or something, you could include him. He wouldn't be like the centerpiece of a trade. Right. You could, you could, the fact that he can play shortstop, if someone views him as like a guy who can play shortstop and yeah. be a super utility player, then there's some value there. Fair enough. Sure. So, all right, boys. Well... Uh, that's a wrap on today's episode of Mackie and Judd Reckless Speculation Thursday. We also, spoiler alert, we recklessly speculated on Vikings draft and trade scenarios on Purple Daily today. So be sure to check that out. Apple, Spotify, ScoreNorth.com, the ScoreNorth app, and our two YouTube channels, ScoreNorthMN and Purple Daily Podcast. Happy Twins Home Opener Day. Happy Masters Day. Um Happy vaccination day for yeah. this guy right here and Judd on Tuesday next week. I no, think. no, no. I'm on. I'm tomorrow. I'm Friday. Oh, tomorrow. You are tomorrow. I'm okay. Friday. So if I am sick, right. I can just lay on the couch. So bunnies on Sunday? A little brunch on Sunday there, Judd? Ooh, Master Sunday, Sunday at Bunnies. Yeah, what do you think? Friday. Happy hour at Bunny's, my man. Yeah, I mean, even I'm better. just going right don't, there. Don't the, tell the, me jab, the, the jab and the pint. Yeah. Judd walks in, the needle is still in his arm. Yeah. <laughs> the nurse is following Dex! him. Sir, hey! sir, wait a <laughs> no, sir, you're supposed to wait. No. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow for uh, a deep dive review into one of the great baseball movies of all time, Little Big League on Mackie and Judd yeah. tomorrow.